Hi, Gateway Church Dartford here. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. We trust that what you hear will be a blessing and an encouragement to your journey. Hello, everyone. Um, yeah, what's happened this morning during worship is a confirmation of what um, I'm going to be sharing today. Um, but before I start, I want to tell you something that happened many, many years ago. Um, um, I read the Narnia books, and the last book, one of the siblings doesn't go into Narnia. And the whole way through the book, if I remember rightly, there's questions, where is this, where is Susan, where is Susan? At the end of the book, you find out Susan wasn't on the station. She turned her back, although she'd um, heard the word, she'd seen Aslin as it was, she turned her back on that. Um, and my reaction when I was having this conversation with this person, I said, well, I don't like the ending of that book. It's not nice, I don't like it. It's a horrible ending. Um, that night, while I was sleeping, God woke me up and I had this sudden urgency to pray for somebody that I care about a lot to be standing on that station, um, to choose God, to choose the words that, he'd, that he'd, he'd, she'd heard many, many times in, in Sunday school and times in church. And it's an urgency of prayer that I've never had before and I've never had since. Um, and in some ways, I feel actually God is teaching me I need to be praying for that urgency back to pray in the spirit. Um, so, like I said, oh, didn't put the slide up then. <laughs> um, all right, so in this book, the, 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 the siblings were standing on the station when they were transported into Narnia. I want you to remember that bit, and we'll come back to that at the end, okay? So the verses um, that I'm going to read um, is, Then Jesus went throughout all of the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel in the kingdom and um, healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless. They were sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to the disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord and the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. The, the verse that I've had on my heart for a long time is the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few. Um, and to be honest, um, I thought, right, when next time Chris has asked me to stand up here, these are the verses that I'm going to be speaking on. And I thought I'd be talking about farmers and plows and sowing and that. And then I read these verses. And God was very adamant, saying, they've heard about the harp, they've heard about plows, they've heard about farmers. That's not the message that I want you to share today. And the bit that stood out in these verses was um, Jesus had compassion on them. And this started a word, uh, God was giving me different words. And I had three words for you today, all beginning with C, which 
I always smile when I hear people teaching and uh, preaching and they start their each, each section with a, a, a word with the same letter. I've now joined that group. Um, so, so the first word that God gave me was compassion. And in some respects, this compassion that Jesus had for the crowd is the key to the next verse, that he, the next sentence that he said, the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few. Um, and this got me thinking about how it must have been in the crowd. Um, and the closest I could think of was when you're in rush hour here. When Jesus, wherever Jesus went, there was a crowd. Wherever he was um, going, people heard that he was there and the crowds followed. Um, and this got me thinking about what it was like when we're in a crowd. Now, rush hour, um, there's a lot of pushing, there's a lot of shoving, there's feelings of annoyance, particularly if the train is late or that you're stuck in a traffic jam. Um, but the crowd still came. And there must have been so many in that crowd. And they all come with different, different things. So who were the crowd? It tells us in this passage that the um, crowd was harassed and helpless. They were, they were without a shepherd. There was a hunger. They saw and heard something about Jesus and there was a hunger that they wanted fulfilled um, in them. There was physical pain. People were coming with physical pains. They were coming with wants. They wanted answers to their questions. They wanted a spiritual fullness. And they were looking to Jesus for that spiritual fullness. And it didn't matter who else was there. They were there. Then I started thinking about the disciples in this, this crowd and their reactions in this crowd. Now, in this passage, it doesn't tell you the reactions of the, of the disciples, but there are many passages in the Gospels that it gives you a, a, a glimpse of how the, the disciples reacted to the crowd. Um, the Samaritan woman, which has already been said about today, they were surprised to find him talking to a woman at a well, and they thought, well, why are you talking to this person? Um, they, in Mark, um, Jesus, Jesus heals a woman who touched his garment, um, and their answer is, you see the crowd pressing in on you, but you say, who touched me? Jesus knew when that woman touched his garment, he knew that she a spirit had been taken from him and, and this person had been healed. But the disciples, although they'd seen so many um, miracles, so many healings, they questioned, well, why, why would somebody touch you in this crowd? How do you know this? They, they'd missing the point. And then you got Jesus feeds of 5,000. The disciples told um, Jesus to send the people away. Jesus said um, there, were, there was a lot of people there, and I think the disciples were thinking, right, the time's getting on now. These, these people need to go. There's, um, they're going to start getting hungry. And they said, Jesus, you need to send them away. You've got to send them away. They need to, they need to go and have something to eat. And Jesus' reaction was, feed them. Now, this must have sent the disciples into panic. Um, because I thought, well, we haven't got enough food, and, and they say that this would cost us so much of a year's, year's money. We haven't got the money to feed them. They'd forgotten that spiritual, um, spiritual work that Jesus was doing within the crowds. 
Um, now, in these three stories, the disciples were surprised. They were taking, talking to someone who was, who was no, on, no standing and, no, and was a nobody, when the, woman, the Samaritan woman. He was surprised that he healed the woman, although they'd seen so many healings before. And they were surprised by the fact that Jesus provided food for them when there was no food about at that time in the desert. Um, there was a surpriseness. They still didn't get the power that Jesus had. And it wasn't until they were filled with the Holy Spirit later on that that all become um, a reality or an understanding of that is probably a better word. Now you look at the Jesus' reaction to the crowd. Um, he did not see anyone more important than the other. He did not look at the... Um, at the jobs they were in. He didn't look at their status by what they were wearing. He didn't look to see if a person was rich, was poor, if their sandals matched their tunics or anything. What he, when he looked, he saw compassion. He saw a group of people that were searching. He saw a, people, a group of people with physical needs and he gathered and he, he saw them with a spiritual emptiness, which they longed to fill. When I was looking at this and praying about this particular thing and what, Lord, what you try and say to us as a church, I thought the words that come to mind was unconscious bias. Um, and I feel that God is saying, I want you to look, I want to look, you to look at where you are and how much compassion you have within your, your, in your life. And Jesus wants you to fill you with more compassion for um, people around you. This got me to the next word, which was community. So community. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Right, within the crowd around them, I loved this when I read this, uh, there were people who had faith, but it wasn't burning brightly, but it may have been smoldering. There were so many people within that crowd, probably including the disciples, that they had the faith, but it wasn't a, a real light. It wasn't a flame. It was smoldering. It was there, but God wanted to, to um, actually make it more um, um, of a fire in them. So, who are the harvest? After Jesus was cru crucified, there were three different reactions um, to what had happened. Um, in the resurrection, you have Mary Magdalene and Mary, and it's the, um, in, it tells us in Matthew 28 that the angel um, spoke to Mary, Mary and um, Mary Magdalene and said, God knows you are seeking him. He knows that you are looking for Jesus because they were off to the tomb to, to um, anoint him. Um, but, and then they said, he's not there. Um, go and tell the disciples that he's risen. Then you had the two guys on the road, to, uh, on the road and, and Jesus went beside them and said, um, and they were talking about the days of the crucifixion, um, but their eyes weren't open. They didn't see Jesus as who he was. They just saw him as somebody that joined them and they were a bit puzzled that he, they didn't know that um, he had, um, he was, didn't, didn't understand that he didn't know anything about what happened in the last few days. 
the, the, the men on that road, they'd lost hope. They'd lost the hopelessness of, they had this idea who Jesus was, was. They saw him as a king and they saw him that he was going to free them from the Romans. But that wasn't Jesus' way. Um, and they'd lost hope in, in the, at that moment. But when Jesus broke the bread and he revealed themselves to, to him, there was a joy in them. And then you got the disciples and their reaction to uh, the crucifixion. Their reaction was to hide, um, hide away, be, be gone, um, and, and just hide and think, okay, it'll blow over and then we'll go back to our lives probably. Um, and we all know people in our lives. This is the same today as it was many years ago in, in those times. We all know people that, um, who are seeking God, they're looking, there's a hunger, there's a desire, and they are seeking, um, like Mary did. We all know people that can't actually see Jesus in their lives, um, like the two men, but God is there, and he, God is working um, for, uh, to protect them, to, to bring them into, into the fold. Um, and then you've got the men, that on, and then you've got the disciples, um, and the fear. We all know people that are fearful. We all know people that are living in the fear of their present, of the past, and the future. Um, and they're hiding in their upper room, and they're hiding uh, from us as a congregation and us as a, as a, um, a, a in your communities, so wherever you are in your communities. Um, that is the harvest. They, these are the people that God is wanting us to go and share the good news. Now for the workers. When you just read the verses, the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few, you think, oh, that, that verse is just for the Chrissies. You know, the people that are good worshippers, they can lead worship, they make great preachers, a good cook, and knows what to say at the time of saying it. Um, but it's not. In Ephesians 4, it tells us, it says, um, he gave apostles, prophets, and evangelists, the, the shepherds, the teachers, to, um, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ, so we have people to teach us, we have people to lead us, but actually when we're in our communities, we are the workers, and God is wanting us to have the compassion and that he sees other people. We need to have, learn to have compassion on, on our community and where we are in, in, in work, at home, wherever we are, on the street. Um, right. In the, um, in the last few months, I've seen the harvest. Um, my eyes have been opened to the, to the harvest, and my eyes have been opened to the community that I've been in. Um, as you all know, I've been working for an agency for the last four months. One of the nurseries that I go into, it, there's a heaviness there. And I thought it was just me, to be honest, thinking, oh, I just want to go back to working one day a week, Lord. But it wasn't. Um, when I was there, one day, one of the ladies asked me, have I ever had my tarot cards read? I thought, oh, okay. 
And my answer was, no, I'm a Christian and it goes against everything I believe in. And we had a conversation about that. The following day I was back there um, and I got bombarded by other staff members, other questions. Um, what's the difference between a Catholic and a Christian? Um, I'm not religious was one statement and I was able to say, well, I'm not religious, I'm a Christian because I have a relationship with God. Um, I, and then I've had other people say, I have believe in everything happens for a reason. And my best and my favourite comment when people found out that I've gone to church was, you go to church but you're white and you're English. And my reaction was, well, actually, Jesus come to save the English as well. <laughs> and I did giggle. Um, but also, this Friday, I'd written this up, and this Friday, in the nursery I was at, um, I was chatting to somebody, and they live in Dartford. And they said, she said, oh, what are you doing at the weekend? I said, oh, I've got church on Saturday. I'm doing this on Saturday. I've got church on Sunday. She goes, oh, you go to church. It's so good to hear of another believer. So sometimes we actually have to stand up within our communities so other workers know they're not alone. Um, so it's not always to be um, to encourage and teach. It's to, well, it, it is always, let me say, repeat that. It's, it is to spread the kingdom, but also it, it, we, we are workers to encourage others as well. People are looking for answers in the nursery where the woman with the tarot cards, they keep going to this lady and asking questions. Um, and she's given an answer. Um, and that it, I've been able to, God's given me the opportunity to go in and give them another answer. Um, but I also know that if I hadn't had that time last year, where I wasn't working, if I hadn't had that time where God had been speaking to me, if I, if I was still the same person this time last year, I don't think I would have had the same confidence and the same um, assurance. But God has put me, because I've been in God's, um, doing my quiet times and doing other things within the church, um, I I had the answers. I hope that makes sense. I was able to quickly pray and I didn't crumble because when you're in that situation, it's so easy to crumble. And God's saying, don't. Hold your head up high, put that armor on and say who I am. Say, I am a Christian. This is what I believe and I know this because and this is what God has done for me in my life. This goes on to my next point. How do we do this? And this is the commission. So we've got the compassion. Jesus wants us to have the same compassion in our communities. Um, but he also wants us to know that we have the authority and he has given us commission um, to do this. And how do we do it? And that's in the last, last part of this passage Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest and send the laborers, uh, pray um, to the harvest and send out laborers into the, uh, 
pray for the harvest and send out <laughs> sorry I've written it in blue and <laughs> this light is not good with blue I'm gonna to have to remember that next time um, into the harvest I thought I did really well because I made it bigger font so I didn't need my glasses but anyway um, <laughs> so the compassion the workers passion for Jesus is the driving force for to for uh, the workers passion for Jesus is the driving force for their compassion um, to work in the harvest we need to first have fight, be strong in the Lord and strong in in Jesus and he will open our eyes he will open our eyes to who when we meet people what is the what God wants them us to say to them time and time again in church we've been uh, been told uh, to pray and this morning is no different um, we need to pray and we need to pray some more more prayer more <laughs> you've remembered <laughs> um, and uh, this morning we had the we had those that great video about what prayer does um, during what people speaking it's about prayer um, um, but in this passage it says pray earnestly we, it's not a case of just praying the once. We need to keep coming to the Lord and pray. But pray in, in a way that um, is confident. We need to pray in a way that is an authority way. Um, now, I know we keep saying about the ladies' prayer, um, but when there is a core of us at the ladies prayer and we've all gone through the same thing prayer is an obedience it's a discipline it's an obedient thing to do um, and we've all thought the same thing on a thursday night oh it's thursday i'm gonna pray oh no right we've got this to do got that to do I had a bad day but we were obedient because we knew god wanted us to pray for the church at the time we was a, we were a, and now that has changed those core people look forward to Thursday and praying we, because there's an expectancy we've seen God move we've seen God change situations and it's brought us forward in our faith it's brought us forward in our understanding of knowing who God is um, this week a couple of weeks ago in my quiet time I had um, I had a warning, God gave me a warning that the devil was prowling at my door and to put my armor on. And it was very much to do with work going into the agency and going into the environment that I was going into. Um, on Thursday, um, Jasmine had a picture for me and the picture was of a cross and a snake. Um, and the picture was, um, and Bev interpreted the picture as that the devil was at my door. I hadn't told anybody what God had warned me about um, a couple of weeks ago. Nobody knew about this. Um, and we prayed into this situation. Then about um, that night, Jasmine had another picture to update the picture of the cross and the snake. And the picture was that the snake was moving away. I don't, this is not a coincidence that, that I had a warning that the devil was at my door. It was not a coincidence 
that Jasmine had that picture of the cross and the snake, particularly as today I'm standing up here giving the word. Um, and uh, when I got the picture, in my head I thought, oh, that's not good. But in my heart, I knew God had it. I was confident in, in that God had this situation. Um, but what I'm trying to say here is we need to pray earnestly on our own and we need to pray earnestly and listen to what God is saying to us. But there are times also that we need to pray corporately. And when there's prayer meetings, the ladies group, men, you need to do something about this as well. I challenge you that actually it's a time for the men to, to start praying together because we need to pray corporately. The church is at a time of noon. We've got visitors coming. We've the, ch the kids' church is growing. Um, and it is a new time, and we need to pray protection. We need to start praying, thankfully, to God for what he's doing within the church, um, separately but also corporately. Right, nearly at the end. What is God is saying to you? Do you want to put the last picture up? Right, going back to that train station. Sorry, I need my notes. Um, I wanted to move out the way. Going back to the train station. Um, God wanted to me ask me to, to ask you, where are you on your journey? Are you at the station waiting for the train? Are you actually walking away from the station? Um, and thinking, no, this isn't for me. Are you, is God telling you um, that actually you need to receive, remove uh, to a different carriage? You need to remove to a different carriage. You need to, um, he wants you to move to first class. And at the moment, you're in, you feel like you're actually at the back of the train, just holding on for dear life, or near the door, ready to press that button to leave. But God actually wants you to stay on the train and actually move forward in your, in your journey with him. Um, are you like the picture of Bethany? Um, as you can see, she's looking out the window and you can see a reflection. What is the reflection that you see when you're on that train? Are you looking at, the per are you looking at Jesus? Is there a reflection you see of one, of a child of God? Or is it a reflection that you see and you're thinking, I don't like who I am? Um, but God wants you to know he loves you and he, um, the reflection he sees is beautiful. Um, and then going back to the community and the compassion, God asked me to find out, uh, to ask the question, what is it that's actually stopping you um, seeing God's compassion on you? What is it that's stopping you showing God um, to other people? And also this unconscious bias. It, it, I, I'm not going to say any more about that word. It's just a word that keeps coming up and it's gone back into my mind again. There's something about unconscious bias that we need to address and we need to deal with. The last time I stood up here... I had you all write down your strengths and your weaknesses and we placed them at the cross and took communion. Um, and in some ways, what I'm going to do now is actually a follow-on from that, um, is to ask people that want to move on 
in their prayer life, want to change and break those strongholds in their life to come up for prayer. Um, But not only just come up for prayer, but actually be anointed with oil, um, which Chris has got. Um, It's the anointing of oil breaks the yoke, it breaks the strongholds. It's nothing to be fearful of, it's nothing to be um, um, afraid of at all. The actual putting of, um, the oil on us is an anointing, it's an anointing and it's to say to God, I want what's stopping me, I want the strongholds, I want the, um, the fears uh, to go and I want to see Jesus more and more. I don't want to be in the crowd anymore. I don't want to be like that crowd. I want that passion to grow. I don't want it smoldering anymore. I want the fire to grow. Um, And when I was doing this, somebody said, when I was talking about this during the week and saying, oh, I'm going to be asking people to come up to prayer. She said, once the first person comes up, it's fine, everybody else will go. Now, this is a first. God wants me to be anointed as well. This preach, what I've shared today, is for me as much as it is for you. So I'm the first person up, so you can come and join me for prayer um, and to be anointed with oil to, to start a new, start a new, new chapter on your walk with Jesus. Um, okay. <laughs>